Well, hello, everybody. We're back. The 204060 podcast gang right here. What a great day it is. We're sitting around in Nashville freezing. It's not very cold outside, but Trevor's got a uh, outfit, as he calls it, a hmm. hoodie. He's got a, he's got a camouflage hoodie, so I can't see him because he's camouflaged. Jeff's v- dressed very nicely like, like a pastor should be. Thank you. I'm over here in a workout uh, sw- uh, hoodie and freezing. I'm the old guy. I'm freezing. Guess what? When, when I was coming along in the 50s, a Coca-Cola cost five cents. And I remember when they, the, the, it went to six cents and you had to put it, you know, a nickel and a penny in a machine and crank it down and got a Coke and all this kind of stuff. And then finally it went to a dime. When, when Jeff in the 70s was born in 77, uh, Cokes were 50 cents. It climbed to 50 cents. And then when Trevor came along, they were a dollar. So times have changed. And we're different. We're very different folks. We've got a great podcast for you today because we're talking about something that's right at the very heart, I think, of what it means to be a person alive and especially a Christian person. And here it is. Why is it so hard to have real relationships with people? Introduce yourself, folks, in case uh, people don't know who you are. I'm Gene Mims. I'm one of the co-pastors here at Judson Baptist Church. Jeff Mims, I'm one of the co-pastors here at Judson. Been here, so actually, this year is 10 years of being on staff at Judson. Hard to believe. Longest place I've ever lived in my life. And my name is uh, Trevor Lovingood, and I just want to be like Jeff Mims and oh, Gene Trev Mims. So that's Trev kind of my thing. Suck up. Yeah, you know what? He's got this little cap on with the praying hands. He's just, and then he, he's got a stress ball that he's working over there. And it's just, but you know, but I am the coolest today because I'm drinking, at this very moment you're listening to this podcast, I'm drinking cinnamon coffee. Ooh, oh, that's man. good right it's there. It's awful. Especially when it's, it's cold. A, it's absolutely terrible. Yeah. But anyway, I'm so cool because I'm trying to be like Trev. So here we are. We're trying to be like each other. Not true at all. So <laughs> why is it so hard? You know, relationships are at the very heart, really, of everything we do. But broken relationships or non-relationships, you know, seem to be uh, sort of what's going on. So, so what do you think about that? Why is it so hard to have relationships, you know? Well, they're hard anyway, but then you add into the, to the mix the fact that you have thousands of things vying for your very attention, and you have to filter that out to determine what's really important. So... You know, a long time ago, it was just the workaholic type parent who was never engaged with the kids. But today, it's not just a workaholic parent. I mean, I noticed the other day somebody said that uh, Chick Fil A was now doing a thing where if you you came in and didn't use your cell phone, I don't know if they gave you like free ice cream or something Whoa. like that. If if that's wrong, Chick Fil A, I'm sorry, but it was something like that. You know, like put your phone on the table and like stop paying attention to that and have a real life conversation with someone who's presently with you. I mean, that says a lot about the situation where fast food is now begging you to have a real conversation. Gene, does it ever feel like that people just want to to use you? They don't actually really want to know you. They just want to use what you got or, or use your – just all the wisdom that you have or whatever. You know what I mean? Because like, for me, it feels like – I don't know. It's hard because you don't really know who's real and really wants to know who you are. You know? Yeah, you know, relationships are complicated until you define them. You have work relationships and your colleagues, so you go there every day and you spend time. But you, but you wouldn't go to dinner with them, probably. You, you know, you live in different parts of town. Then you have all these. You have, a, you have a husband and wife relationship. Then a man has a relationship with women that are not his daughter or, 
or granddaughter, you know, or wife. That's a different, and vice versa, women the same with men who aren't, you know, they're not married to or not their sons or grandsons. Then you have these work relationships, you know, where men and women work together or men to men and whatever, work together. And so so you, you kind of have to step back, and I think, and say, well, well, first of all, what's the value of any relationship and what's the potential that I might have a relationship with people that would really have value? So in some sense, you're right. They come, they call, and say, hey, can you help me? Can you endorse this? Can you do that? But uh, I think I think Jeff's onto something. It's hard, but I'm not sure many people want relationships like we may be talking about here. Well, it's kind of like watching HGTV and everybody wants a kitchen to entertain in. But I don't believe anyone entertains in their kitchen anymore. I think that's a joke. What you need in you your know. kitchen for most people are two microwaves. <laughs> Pretty much so we can yeah, have some, some beanie weenies and heat them machine. up. That's right, yeah. yeah. Have a frozen food, you know, and, and, and two microwaves and eat together. That's right. Well, when you give someone your time, I think that that's, that's saying to them, that may be in today's world the most valuable commodity that you have to give them. Uh, maybe much more than money. It's easier to give them money and tell them to go away. You give your kids money and tell them to go away. And we have a lot of parents doing that. We have a lot of parents that believe if I buy you a car and I send you to the right school and I let you take this vacation and I give you spending money and get you in the right clothes and all, then I have fulfilled my duty to you. But you haven't had a relationship with your child. You don't know them. And and I, I just think it's Time is that most valuable commodity that when you sit down with someone face-to-face and you block out all distractions to say you're important enough for me to stop doing or listening or checking my, I don't know, whatever alert you're checking. Uh, I, I was laughing. I was with somebody the other day, and, and they said uh, to me, oh, man, they got an alert on their phone. And I, and I said, well, what is that? And they said, it's these news alerts I get. And I said, well, what happened? And it was somewhere in Shreveport, Louisiana, there had been a wreck. I mean, I, and I looked at them and said, how does that help you in your life? I mean, why, why the overload of information wow. has has taken our time in such a way that it, it doesn't it doesn't allow you to have real relationships. You're bombarded. I like to throw something out to you guys, you two, and uh, you know I'll chase it in a minute. But do do you have to have relationships to be a Christian? You would think so. Uh, when Jesus says, you know, that the, the commandments can be summed up in how we, one, love the Lord, and then, two, how we treat each other, it's pretty important. Yeah, isn't that what being a Christian is all about, is a relationship with Jesus? So to be a Christian, you have to be in a relationship, you know, a two-way street where you have conversation, where you, where you walk together, where you See, talk you together. See, you triggered something, though, when you said what you said a minute ago. Uh, do we as Christians often build relationships because we want to— witness to somebody or we uh, want yeah. we want to disciple somebody or we want to convince somebody or we want to get them in our group or in our church or uh I think that's a little you know I don't know if that's loving your neighbor as yourself I don't know exactly what that means yeah it can be tricky can it because you have this compulsion to share the gospel you have a compulsion to see people do do better and while you're being compelled are you really trying to build community so do you have to have a relationship? I mean, is that a relationship or is that uh, – and it, what's the difference between that and some uh, guy that, you know, sells widgets and wants to know you and take you to play golf <laughs> so he can sell yeah. you some widgets? I mean, yeah. Is that really a relationship? You know, because we talk about relational evangelism or relationships where you bring people to your worship service or your church or, or your group, small group or whatever else. That, that doesn't seem like relationship to me. 
Well, by Jeff's definition, it definitely wasn't mm-hmm. because he he hit on something that was very specific, and it's you can do all of these things and you can ever never actually know somebody and them know you. Um, and if we're doing, I would say that if that's our definition, which I love that definition, being known, knowing somebody and them knowing you almost you really as a relationship. Know you. How, how, that's a difficult level, thing, Gene. What level? Yeah. I mean, you know, I, uh, you know, there's stuff I, I wouldn't tell anybody. I don't want them to know any, you know, I just don't want them to know that. And I'm not sure I want to know, you know, stuff about people. You know, to me, my best relationships that I've ever had just kind of happened. Mm, yeah. You know, I met somebody and. We might be totally opposite or we might, you know, it just kind of happened. Do you think that being known is not just about your history or what you've done, but it's more of about who you are? I think it's about your journey. You know, when you know me, you know me right now. And where where I've been, yes, but where I'm going and what I'm going through and whatever. I think some people want relationships and they say, well, you know, we pray together, whatever else, or we do this together. And we do that together. And then some people don't want that at all. Right, yeah. Uh, you have a group of guys you play golf with regularly. I do. And those are your, like your best friends. Uh, you don't. You share the journey with them, so to mm-hmm. speak. But you can fully be yourself around them, right? Absolutely, like, yeah. And, but you don't have to tell your history always. You don't have to talk about what happened earlier that day. You can just be yourself. Don't you feel like that's a little bit more about being known? Like when you can actually, you know when somebody knows you and you know when you know them, when you're completely like who you are. I think it them. is. And, and uh, you know, when you're in that kind of situation, uh, you know, you know, most of us when we're in any kind of relationship other than the one you described, I think is a li- not false exactly, but we're very, we're guarded because we want to kind of protect that. We right. want to protect the person from being offended maybe if you said something that you normally wouldn't say or whatever. When you're with people like you've just described, all that goes away. You, you can say anything. You can feel anything. You can disagree. You can argue. You can do whatever you want to do. And, uh, you know, it doesn't uh, maybe affect you, and it doesn't affect them. Because mm-hmm. in, in the best sense of the word, I guess that may be what love is. They don't care. You know, they just they're enjoying, you know, going – doing what you're doing one of my favorite things about real relationships with the thing we're talking about is uh you know when somebody when you have a real relationship with them one of the markers for me is when i know that they want the best for me and they look past my faults and know that that's not who i am and they kind of speak that into me like that's not who you are trevor like Mm. you don't need to be doing this you don't need to be going there and i know that i can listen to them because they have my best interests in mind and uh, and they kind of encourage me to keep being the best version of myself, right? They don't always uh, condone the you know the bad habits I have or whatever, but they encourage me to be the best part of myself. Let's kick it to an uncomfortable place. What about inappropriate relationships? How do you how do you check yourself on those? How do you put the boundaries down and and sort of check yourself on on what might be inappropriate? I just don't mean you know like a male and female. I mean the influence of an ungodly person or whatever. How, how, do, you, how do you do that? How do, what's, what's your filter there? I think I want to cycle back as we talk about that to something you just mentioned about, you know, like are we, is it a real relationship if you're trying to build a relationship with someone because you know that they're lost? And I, and I think a lot of what you're, you're talking about goes back to having some intrinsic value that you, you see in that person. If you're just using them as, let's say you're a pastor, and the only reason you're talking to that person is you want to have some story to be able to tell on Sunday, totally out of bounds, Mm -hmm. because you didn't value them. It was all about you. 
that's not relational. It's relationships can't be one way. They 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 are always both. So when when I think about making sure that I'm looking to people who are speaking truth into my life, like Trevor said, uh, there there you you know there's probably four or five people in your life that are really your friends. You know, like that. You have you have levels of relationship with people, but there are four or five people. You're a rich man if you have four or five really good friends, lifelong friends. And to me, that's that's what keeps the boundaries of improper relationships is having solid relationships because I know there are four or five people in my life that I speak to regularly, and they what Trevor said, they have my best interests in mind. The, the, the Scripture says the wounds of a friend are faithful. You know, that they, they speak into you even when it hurts. And that, to me, keeps the influence of people who don't need to be in my life kind of in check a little bit. Well, it's a tough one. You know, uh, when you look at a person, and, and I, I want to piggyback on what you said. You know, when I think about building a relationship, I get really squirrely. If I got to work at something, I almost feel like, you know, what what are we doing here? If I had to build something with you to, uh, you know, you're getting to know somebody, that's fine. That's fun, you know, And but to build a relationship. But when they just sort of happen, when all of a sudden you feel like you can be free and open with somebody, but there are other relationships too. I, I want I want to be appropriate in relationships of people uh, here at church, for instance. I, sure. I want them to to enjoy our church and respect our staff and respect me, and I don't want to do anything inappropriate to sort of destroy that. I'm not going to be fully myself because I have a responsibility, a role. If you so, sometimes relationships are the result of roles, right? Would you agree with that? Yeah, I would agree with that. Okay, I think uh, sometimes they're. Uh, they're 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 just a part of something temporary. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm in a relationship uh, for this project at work, or you know, or whatever. We're in a golf tournament, we're you know, we're trying to raise money for a cause or whatever, and that's just you know, you just kind of do it and it's gone. Uh, I've taken people to the Holy Land, for instance. Didn't know we had a relationship, and then when we all went home, we all went home. You know, it was great to be with them at the time, but it wasn't necessary. We got to know each other better, but it wasn't you know. Uh, it's a relationship, but I think it, it's hard if we just think about building relationships or the necessity of relationships. Hmm. Let's kick kick it up another a notch. Why don't people have good relationships? Why don't they? Well, you can't have any good relationships when you're marred by the sin of selfishness, and we're all marred by the sin of selfishness. I mean, selfishness is the relational ruiner. I know for me that that didn't really. I didn't think of myself as a selfish person and then I got married and I realized how selfish I thought I was. And then I had my first child and I really realized how selfish I was. Let me ask you a question to both of you. This would be interesting. Do you have more friends in your forties or did you have more in your twenties? Hmm. I would say, I would say for me uh, that I, I feel like when you talk about those those real relationships where it it's it's two way it's not one way that I would say that today I'm probably sitting with more how many relationships you think you have Good I ones. definitely have way more friends in my 40s so uh yeah sure I'm, I'm just I'm on my way you there you know what we're trying to be serious here and uh, here's a guy God. you know wait, I'm going I'm going I'm going I'm going I'm going I think I have way more you relationships just lost now. two but go ahead. I, have, <laughs> I just gained some more over the podcast, so I'm good. Stress ball. Yeah. I think 
I definitely have more real relationships now. Hmm. Right? We're talking about real ones. So I think I have more I think more you have now. more than I do. You think I have more than you? Well, I think you have more relationships than I do. Oh, okay. But, but, don't, you, but don't you think some of that is a product of time? Yeah. And, and what I mean is the availability of time. I think the pressure so, of yeah. the pressure is there too. I think I think Trevor's generation has more pressure to be in relationships, way more than I do, because my generation, you know, we're way past that. Uh, it is what it is, like kind of like you've said before. And I, I just wanted to know: Do you feel like you have? more friendships relationships or less but and, but it's also his generation that you go you know valentine's day you know we're in february it just happened by the time you hear the podcast and and if you'll think back to where you were at on valentine's day you'll see all these people on their dates looking at their phones because that they, <laughs> they 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 have real i'm using air quotations they have real relationships on air quotate and you know what what it means though is that it, it it's we think we have all of these friends because we know these people. To me, that's an acquaintance, and it is a relationship. But the idea of a real relationship going forward, it changes a little bit for us as we, as we get a little bit older. Because for me, I, I value the relationship I have where someone really, uh, it becomes a two-way street. If I talk to somebody, and this, and this is a lost art, you know, talk about relational issues. One of the things that happens and you know, when you're a minister at a church, you get to know a lot of people. And one of the very few things that happens in my life, very few people ever ask me a question. They talk about themselves. Yeah. They have plenty to say about themselves. They very seldom ever ask me a question because, and and it goes back to what we were just saying. They don't care. Yeah. It, it's, it's completely self-absorbed because that's how, I mean that's how we're made to be that's the fall right i mean the fall kind of creates that in us i that's think one of my favorite quotes the degenerate writer oscar wilde once said to a woman at a party come over here and sit down uh, i'm dying to tell you about myself <laughs> exactly you know? yeah and i exactly. think that's the way people are they just uh, tell these stories but you can't have relationship like that if it's one way very difficult okay should people expect from church relationships that are different and more qualitative better than just the relationships they generally have in life. Oh gosh, you just opened up an enormous <laughs> can of worms. Because, I, because here's the yes. here's the question. <laughs> it's it's like this. I work at a Christian institution. I, I remember having this conversation with somebody one time who said, "What must it be like to work at Lifeway or you know to work at the denomination or any of these places? It must just be like a Holy Spirit filled no, all yeah. the time." And oh, it yeah. is, it is. And one of the it's things that kind of you know that thinking. you kind of you kind of think about is like you know well. That sometimes there's just work to be done. You know, like somebody has to order the pencils. I mean, that doesn't feel like a great moment in, in the life of a church or the life of the denomination. Somebody had to do that. And the personality clashes sometimes can be enormous. I get it from places. my local. I go to my local on Monday nights. I, you know, I'm in my jeans and got a cap on or something like that. And they're going, wow, preacher. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm not, you know, what you expect me to come in here hollering and uh, waving a Bible? And it's just, it's, it's really different. Ever, you can't be who you really are sometimes because of those roles. It's kind of funny. Well, I think they do have a right to, I think people should have a right to expect that they're going to find better relationships at church. And I think that's why so many people, when they're hurt by church, it's so hard to get over mm. because you expected that. Christians should act a way that would reflect Christ. I think it's a good expectation myself. I think you absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's my view. Uh, you absolutely. Because I tell you what, uh, we do live in a place where uh, 
the most unpleasant things that happen to us typically would be laughable to somebody who's working in an office building somewhere or running a business or trying to start a business or whatever else. You know, we, we, we get torn up about it. But where most people live, relationships are very, very uh, few and far between. So I would think that if you – I do think, I expect, I hope – if you come to our place, our relationships are better. We're not going to lie. We're not going to take advantage of you. We're not going to make improper advances. We're not going to do any of that stuff. You know, we may not do everything you want, but but we'll fulfill our word, and and uh, and we really and truly will do that. If nothing else, it's a safe place that you can come relationally. Yeah, and I think we've built. I think we built an entire culture. When you talk about the DNA of this church. Uh, we're running 90% of our people who come to worship in life groups. So, Trevor, why is it so hard to get your generation here to believe that and experience that? What's <clears throat> well, the deal? I think, yeah, I I think it's I think it's difficult because because they've never been taught it. You know, I I think it's difficult because we've we've almost grown up expecting people to want to know us, and so when people don't, we don't know what to do. We don't know how to respond, and uh, and one thing at church, I think I love that Jeff mentioned culture, because I think church everywhere we go, we're all part of the same body of Christ, right? We're all we're all doing different things, we're all reaching different types of people. We have the kingdom culture though everywhere we go. We we have a kingdom culture, and I love uh, Gene wrote a book, the Kingdom Focus Church. Am I right on that title, by the way? Exactly. Come right. Come on, let's go. I've read it eight still times. Still in print. Hashtag suck Read up. it eight times after fourteen so, years. But he wrote that, baby. and it wasn't about like one specific church, his church, or one other person's church. It was about the church body, the body of Christ, and like how do we see it flourish? How do we see it become what it was intended to become? And I think it has a lot to do with not blaming others for uh, the lack of relationships, but being. Uh, but being a reflection of what we've received in our relationship with Jesus to other people. Go, go back to that for a second, though, because you said we haven't been taught. And, and I want to I sit there for a second because I've gone to church where there was zero relational expectation. Yeah. Because it was, you come, I, I'll never forget, you come in, and I, I love the preacher. Uh, I won't mention the church. It's 20 years ago uh, that I went, I went there. Love the preacher, phenomenal preacher, phenomenal atmosphere, uh, impossible to meet people because they hadn't. They said relationships were important, exactly. but they didn't design any yeah. space for it in their lives. And I, I'm I'm curious if, if if you're expecting church to be different. Like, and I think we we would hope that the best side of us comes out of church. You've been to churches like that, you, Gene. You've been to churches like that as well, yeah. where where we we show up and we've had church because we had a service or or we gathered. But but we didn't help people. We didn't bridge the gap for them to have relationships. So how how then did we have church? That's a good question, you isn't know, it? But did we have church if we got together and there was no that we didn't have relationships with each other? We just sang a song and we heard someone preach to us. Did we actually have church? We had a and service. I, yeah, we had a service. It was good. It was cool and it's great and it probably sounded awesome and we heard the Bible hopefully and. And we prayed, and it was great. There's some value in that. I'm not yeah, knocking no, it, but, no, it, but no. it is interesting totally. when you say, but think about how many people have grown up in churches where there is no expectation of relationship. Right. Right? So and they haven't been taught. Exactly. And I think it has a lot to do with uh, really how Gene uh, has has been leading us because we're not necessarily led from a 
from the pulpit. We are led from the pulpit when he's preaching and when he's teaching. But he seeks out us. He seeks out other people. And he shows us the example of what it looks like to to pursue people for a relationship, right? Because he was talking about earlier, there's different levels of relationships. Maybe not even levels, just different uh different areas of relationships and there's different amounts of people in the acquaintances as to the family or whatever. Um, the big deal that I think that you're talking about, Jeff, is, uh, are we pursuing people the way that we were pursued by Jesus? That's a good thought. You know, that, that whole idea of his pursuit of me, uh, allows me to be freed up to, to pursue other people as he did. And so that I don't have to, you know, I don't have to, it's not my job to see someone uh, get saved. It's my. It's not my job. We've been. You've been talking about this a lot lately. Um, just. Just share your story with somebody and then ask them what theirs is. Like just. Just be. Be. Uh, be a friend to somebody to receive a friend. I think that's one of our. That was one of our things that we were. Um, that we were thinking about is. Do you have to be a friend to somebody uh, before you, you can receive a friend? I think yes. You have to be a friend before you can receive a friend. Isn't that one of the greatest things of friendship is when you lay down your life um, for somebody else? I think that's what it looks like to have an actual conversation with somebody, to have an actual relationship with somebody, is for me to lay down my life, um, and maybe not like in a weird way or an awkward way, but just talk to them, um, lay down my life, and really try and get to know who they are. And then it just kind of goes from there. Part of laying down your life, though, can be, you know, can be resisting the urge of talking about yourself all the time. I mean, yeah, yeah. To say you're valuable enough, I'm going to listen to you. Tell me about you, and and so that's your time, right? That's, that's laying it. down your I, life. I you're think actually laying it down. Yeah, I think that's huge. Well, we're at the end of the trail again. Boy, time passes fast. So, Trevor, where can we find you out in the great world of social media? You can always find you at Judson Baptist oh, yeah, Church yeah, yeah, yeah. on Sundays. Come on, uh, but where can we find you? Uh, I'm on Instagram mostly, you know. Where they've uh, they've definitely Trevor. added the Snapchat area, and it's at Trevor Loving Good. Just my name, Trevor Loving Good, one G, and uh, yeah. Jeff, where can we find you? Probably the best place is uh, Facebook, Instagram. You know, Jeff Mims, and then uh, you can always find uh, you and I on the Judson Baptist Podcast, our Sunday morning services, Sunday night as well as uh, maybe you could give a little shout-out about the radio program. Yeah, it's great. If you're in the Nashville area, uh, you can listen to us on the Bot Radio Network, 89.1 FM at 7.30 on Sunday mornings. A lot of people listen to that, and we're glad they do. You can find me here at Judson, gene.mims at judsonbaptist.com, or genemims.com. have a little little thing going on a website over there, and I'm also on Facebook, Twitter, and whatever else, but... Uh, We've enjoyed being this. has been good. Uh, I don't think we got as deep as we could have yeah. and needed to, but it's. Uh, uh, I'm leaving with more than I came with, uh, thinking about all of that. So till next time, been great to be with you. Uh, give you a shout-out. Goodbye now. <laughs>